0: Hi, this is Brent White. It's Friday, January 12th, and this is the second of my new series of devotional podcasts, which I'm calling Still Life. My plan is to release new podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, in addition to my sermons, which I'll continue to post on this channel. You're listening right now to Leslie Phillips and her song, No One But You, from her 1988 compilation album. Recollection. By the way, Leslie later changed her stage name to Sam, which was her nickname. And the music of Sam Phillips was featured each week on that wonderful TV show from the early 2000s called Gilmore Girls. And she also released several fine albums under that name. So last Monday was the, the college football national championship game. Between the University of Georgia and the University of Alabama, and it was about as exciting a game as you'll ever see. It ended in an overtime victory for Alabama. One interesting wrinkle in the game was that Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, put in his second-string quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, at the beginning of the second half after Jalen Hurts, the starting quarterback, struggled in the first half. More than a few observers perceived this to be a desperation move on Sabin's part, but you don't win five national championships in nine years unless you know what you're doing. Saban's decision was vindicated, and Tagovailoa, a true freshman who had seen little playing time this year, was nothing short of electrifying. But as a Christian, what impressed me nearly as much as his performance were his comments after the game. At least twice in post-game interviews, when reporters asked the freshman quarterback questions about the game, he said something like, First, let me give all thanks and praise to my Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. These reporters wanted to revel in this athlete's glory. He wanted to remind the world of the one to whom all glory belongs. Tagovailoa seemed eager to steer the conversation away from himself to Jesus Christ. What did John the Baptist say? He must become greater, I must become less. I don't know. When I see living examples of this, it moves me deeply. I have two thoughts I want to share about, about um, Tagovailoa's example. First, while it's likely that God will never give you or me so large a platform to bear witness to Christ as he gave to Tagaviloa, he will give us a platform. Chances are that God will place people in our lives even this week. Who are lost in their sins and in need of the good news of His Son Jesus. I'm not saying it's our job to conduct a a full-blown Billy Graham crusade with people, but each one of us has been commissioned by our Lord to be witnesses for Him. You say, I don't know how to do that, but I disagree. If you're already a Christian, that means you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You have personal experience with Christ. Christ has done good things for you. What has He done? Can you can you say? Christ has made a tangible difference in your life. How is your life better because of Christ? Can you answer that? If so, then you know how to witness. As Christians, since we have experienced Christ as good news, we should be willing and able to share this good news with others. And even if we don't know what to say, shouldn't we be just as eager as Tagaviloa for people to know Christ the way we do? Shouldn't we be just as eager for people to repent of their sins and be saved? Of course we should. Nothing less than heaven or hell hangs in the balance after all. At the very least, we should pray daily for opportunities to witness. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give us the right words to speak at the right time. Witnessing starts with prayer. Okay, here's my second thought about Tagavailoa's interview. As a recovering cynic myself... I imagine that there are cynical people, even among us believers, who hear athletes thank God after a big victory and think, well, that's easy for you to say. After all, you won. Your team won. Would you be as eager to thank the Lord if you lost? I can't speak for Tagaviloa. I don't know the young man, obviously. But I hope the answer would be Yes. Yes! If if we believe that God is sovereign, and that the Apostle Paul's words in Romans 8.28 are true, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose, then how could the answer not be yes? Last Monday on Facebook, before the game, someone joked about praying desperately for his team's victory. Then he wrote as if God cares about a football game, LOL. And many friends chimed in their agreement, as if to say, of course God doesn't care about something so trivial as a football game. And I thought, really? What do you mean God doesn't care about a football game? God cares passionately about football games. How could he not? Does he not care deeply about every player on both teams? Does he not care about both teams' coaches and trainers and equipment managers, about team doctors and chaplains and cheerleaders? Does he not care about referees? Think about everyone whose livelihoods are tied up in football games, from network executives and university presidents on down. Does does God not care about them? Does God not care about us and our careers? Or what about all the team's fans? If they're overjoyed or they're heartbroken, does God not care about that? Of course, He cares. We make God seem very small and and very weak if we believe otherwise. A God who does not care about football is hardly the God revealed by Jesus, who tells us that every hair on our head is numbered, and that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without our Father caring. If we don't think God cares about the so-called little stuff, well, We obviously don't think God cares much about us, since our lives consist mostly of little stuff. I was talking about the challenge of prayer in the last podcast. Needless to say, if we don't think God cares about the little stuff of life, it's no wonder we struggle to pray. No, thank God that he cares about the little things in life, including me and you and everything that we're going through. Thank God that he's working for the good of his children through every tiny detail of our lives. Well, chances are some of those tiny details, some of that small stuff is troubling us today. Will we take time today to talk to our Heavenly Father about it. I hope so.